the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm one of your hosts for today, Courtney Emmerich. I'm Donnell Wright. Today we're going to talk about LGBTQIA+. We will get perspectives from our three guests here with us today, Gus Torres, Celeste Iverson, and Priscilla Sweeney. We thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. We have been having podcasts this year on a number of important topics, and this is our, one of our first on LGBTQIA+. It is important that we have these conversations to gain perspectives so we can understand the challenges that some of our teammates face day in and day out. The letters of LGBTQIA+, have grown over the years, but it is more important about moving towards inclusion. What does LGBTQIA plus mean, and why is it important to learn more about this group? That's a really good question. The LGBT, it used to be um, a shorter acronym for the community, and uh, as we move along through the times, we've become um, more sensitive, more aware, and we've, the community has felt that um, by growing the by growing the uh, visibility to be inclusive of everybody. So it's not just the lesbian, bisexual, uh, transgendered, gay community. It's also including people that uh, identify as intersex. Also, um, the Q to a lot of people look at the Q as either queer or questioning people who are questioning their uh, their sexuality and a stands for the asexual um, people who just are not, I guess, they're not interested in either or. They just don't identify as any sex per se. So the uh, community is just finding out that there's a lot of people that want to be included and it doesn't, isn't necessarily a one size fits all. And uh, a lot of people like to put labels on things and sometimes it's not necessary, but in this, in this situation, we want to, in the community, include everybody. I think that's the, pretty much the perception of the, the acronym. Oh, just to add to that, uh, you know, the importance of it is, is, as Celeste had mentioned, is visibility. You know, once we start identifying and, and trying to be part of the greater community, that's where understanding comes in. And so communication and how we communicate ourselves to the rest of the world is important. And so that just learning the, le the letters in the LGBTQIA is the first step, but um, also understanding, uh, for example, questioning, you know, that's just not, uh, that encompasses so many things, gender identity, gender fluidity. I mean, there's so many terms now that, that just communicating the education alone is, is enough you know, being part of the community, I still have to learn, you know. That's why it's important. We need to bring in everybody else, build relationships, and identify allies. Priscilla, how about you? Well, I think it's important because when when you meet a person, you, you really want to get a good feel for that person. And when you don't talk about the community, uh, you're, leading, you're leaving out a section of America, um, more or less. It's important to talk about it because uh, we are who, who we are, and we're not going to change. Uh, I tell people all the time, accept me for, for who I am. And it's important that we let people know that, that we're fine with who we love. 
you may not be fine with it, but we are fine with it. And and we want to just like uh, a straight couple would want any everybody to see their their wives or their husbands. We want everybody to see who we love and also be proud of who we love because we do have the capacity to love. So I have a question. Okay, so we we talked about why it's important to talk about LGBTQI plus, but let me ask you this: Why is it important to talk about it at work and talk with the people at work? Why do you feel it's important to do that? Can I ask you a question? Sure, absolutely. The question is: Why is it important for you to talk about your wife at work? Oh, I don't know. I, I talk about my wife because I just need to get off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> You've met my wife. Uh, <laughs> it, it's the same thing, Danielle, because it's important to talk about it so I don't have to hide. And that's the biggest thing because we have been in the closet for so long. And when you're in the closet, you're, you're afraid that if anybody knows, hey, it's going to affect my job. If my supervisor don't like gay people, hey, it's going to affect my evaluation. So it's important that we talk about it so we can get over those hills so we don't feel, so the community don't feel, is that we've been putting pressure on just because of who we love. Okay, that was that's a serious answer. I, I, I want you all to know Priscilla is, is our more serious person here in Memphis District. So that's <laughs> uh, very, very great <laughs> Very good answer. Uh, Gus, what do you think? Well, I think that comes down to a basic level of communicating. And so if we don't understand another community, we're not going to be able to dispel, you know, negative stereotypes or or personal biases. So in, in getting together with other communities and learning about each other, you know, we're going to learn that we're all basically normal human beings and there, you know, we all have differences at the basic level. We're, we're all human (laughs) and, you know, and that's our, that's our connectivity to everybody else. And so that's, that's why it's important to, we need to learn about each other. We need to understand a way of being, everybody's way of being is different. And so, you know, it it builds trust and respect and, and just basic understanding of other communities. Celeste, you have, uh, I know you have insights on this, please. Priscilla and, and Gus hit it pretty pretty well, actually. Um, but we have leaders in our organizations that probably may not have family or friends that they're aware of that are members of the community. And there are supervisors that are out there that, that probably have never experienced having somebody in the community on their team or maybe they're not aware and the leaders in, in the core need to um, practice some humility and empathy to be a good leader, try and understand their staff. So like Priscilla said, it is very hard to be in the closet, and it is stressful for an employee that can't be themselves. It adds an added stress to an employee that can't go to work and communicate the simple things like my, my husband or my wife, you know, and they're a same-sex partner or whatever can't communicate. Yeah, we had dinner last night and they made a pot roast or something. It's something so benign and simple in everyday conversation that a member of the the LGBTQIA community can't sometimes is is hesitant because like Priscilla said, you don't know if it's going to affect your career. 
and we're all consummate professionals in the Corps of Engineers. And I hope that this uh, podcast really gets that out there that try and understand you may not you may not accept it as far as a personal belief, but just be an understanding leader or a coworker. But well, you know what? Let me ask you something. Let, let, let me ask this because, and I'm I'm really asking Priscilla because I work with Priscilla and I, I and I know Priscilla. Uh, how do you how do you answer the question? Because I'm pretty sure this has been asked of you. You got three kids. Mm-hmm. How could you be a lesbian? How could you be gay if you got three kids? And you, you know what I mean. I, I'm pretty yeah, sure that's been asked of you. Yeah, and I give them this answer because I believe in the big house and the white picket fence and this is and being married to the opposite sex is what you're supposed to do and have a child and live the American dream. Then it, it did not make a difference whether I was happy or not. But in order that what was instilled in me is the American dream is you had two kids, a dog, a husband, and a white picket fence around your house. And and I bought into the hype until I had to take a step back and learn and accept me for who I was. When it comes to my children, the only thing my children see is mom, mama, mama, mama. That's all they see. You know, what I found so amazing about children, children are going to love who loves them. And so it was all about most lesbians and gay people will tell you, hey, we bought into the hype because this is what I've seen as I was growing up. uh, And this is what I, I was told in order to have the American dream, you had to be, you had to be uh, put into this box. So, so that's that's the way I look at it. Gus, what about you? You got any uh, any thoughts on that? Yes, to the point that being accepted, like I mentioned before, we're we're all human at, at our base, and a mother, a father, or an uncle, or or some, a friend, we're all equal in that sense, basic human nature. An organization should establish a culture where a community is able to express themselves. And as Celeste had mentioned, in the most benign uh, circumstances, you know, we established relationships basically at the water cooler. And if we're not able to freely express ourselves about our families and our friends, you know, that's a lot of energy, you know, having to meet everybody else's expectations of who we should be. That's the importance is at the end of the day, we're all the same, um, and we need to we need to view it that way. Thanks, Gus. Celeste, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I that's a good question because I do not have children. However, if I were to, I'm sure it's going to pose a lot of questions like what Priscilla experiences. I would like to think that when people ask those questions that it's more out of uh, trying to understand. Personally, I get, you know, being single, I get it a lot where the the typical way, why do you, you know, oh, you don't have kids? Well, no, 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 no. Sometimes um, people want to understand, but the way they come across, it might come back, come back as rude and insensitive. Priscilla, I, I say kudos to you for having the strength to come out to do that, especially with children and a family and having that established, because that is difficult within itself. And I've had several friends that have experienced that. 
I just want to say my hat's off to you. Thank you, ma'am. I would like to pose another question to the group. So on an individual level, how can we make the core a more inclusive place for LGBTQIA plus individuals? Have you guys ever experienced like issues? I mean, I personally have not experienced any, any issues with my career within the Corps of Engineers. But I don't know if that's representative of the entire community, of course, and I don't think it is. I think it, I think it's based on where you are within the United Agreed. States. Uh, I also think it depends on basically the people that you come in contact with, how informed they are or uninformed. I, I, I have not had, I'll put it like this, I have had people to say stuff behind my back, stuff that they would not dare say to my face. So when you meet those types of people, I just don't even give them the time of day. But here in the Corps, I really, really have not had a problem. Now, on the military side, I did. But in the civilian world, I have not. Yeah, Gus, you're out in San Francisco, and I had been in New York City. So <laughs> you're talking major metropolitan areas, and it was a lot more inclusive for me to be out in New York City when I was out there at the district. So I'm sure it's probably the same thing for you, right? It is. So I've been at the L.A. district, and now I'm with the um, South Pacific Division in San Francisco. So, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've been at pretty liberal um, cities or, you know, what you would consider liberal. Um, but, you know, even within the most liberal cities, there's still a fraction of the population that still believes, you know, what they want to believe. But I think as far as core-wide, I, I feel like um, as an organization, they do try to include uh, – we're such a small organization that I think that excluding would be, again, as an organization, you know, what we do. And we have so many teams within uh, the organization that um, it, it just has to, at some point, you know, have to set uh, a culture where uh, inclusion is part of the uh, business process. I, I have been with other organizations, you know, uh, Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, uh, I've been in the private sector. I've been with the Big Army. And so I do have a little bit of experience outside of the Corps, and the Corps has been uh, the organization that I've been with the longest uh, for many reasons. Part of it is the culture of inclusion already. There is room for some improvement. I think overall other organizations, Priscilla has said, it depends what area you're in. So I, I came from uh, by way of Texas, and so um, I grew up in Texas, so a lot of my upbringing was in Texas. And so I can contrast very much the conservative versus the liberal. The core is doing something right so far ahead of most other organizations. Being out here, we have we have had events, uh, as I know in New York and other areas, other core districts and divisions have had events for LGBTQIA. And I know on the East Coast, there are networks within the core that already have members already part of of, of a communication. Out here on the West Coast, we don't have a network per se, uh, but I think that that would be beneficial just to have that support um, our community. And I think that we already have a diversity training. You know, there's already some, at least in our part, 
on this side, um, there is diversity training for LGBTQIA at, at a very small level, but I know that there, there could be more. Even I have to read up on, <laughs> on certain um, areas of our community. I, especially here in San Francisco, it's such a hub for uh, the transgender community and the transgender community probably received more of a discrimination that within the community and I think that we could do more training. We do have transgender uh, persons in our district, excuse me, in our, yeah, in our district, in our division, and I have communicated with them, and there is some interest for that focus for our members in the, in the, in the region. But I think that training and, and networks and, and those types of things would help the community. I'll just kind of add to this conversation a little bit. So, I'm the EEO officer here in, in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, at our St. Paul district. And when I was hired recently, so I, I'm new to the core, I am onboarded here in July. And one of the things that I did uh, not too long after my hire was to put uh, the, my pronouns that I use at the end of my signature block. And I've been questioned on it a few times, and I've done it, you know, I just when I've been uh, engaged in those sorts of conversations, I just say I want to demonstrate that I'm inclusive to all people um, in the district and to make sure that I'm encompassing everyone. And, and it also allows everyone to know how to address me and what pronouns that I use and that I prefer. So has anybody else on the phone, uh, do you do this in your workplace or do you recommend this as a a way to demonstrate inclusivity in the workplace? Boy, that's a good one. That's kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say it's new, but new to, not new to me, but it's not something I've ever really considered. Probably need to, because there's people that want to, they, they want to be identified and, and that their identity is important to them and the way you address them. It's like saying somebody, let's say their name's Michael and they, you want to call them Mike. Well, no, my name is Michael. I, I suppose it's not any different, um, but I haven't experienced anybody in within the workplace that uses those uh, pronouns to identify themselves as such. I haven't either. Um, I just haven't had anybody to, to go that far to be all inclusive. Donnell, you so, probably need to take some notes. I, I said I need to take some notes. <laughs> No, actually, I, I, I've seen it being uh, used more in, in emails nowadays. For me, it just it's like one day I saw one email, next thing I know I'm looking up and everybody's got it in their, in their email. So uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's very important, especially uh, for somebody who might be transitioning or whatever, uh, to, to, to kind of put that out there and everything. And, and I think it does a couple of things. One, it, it provides clarity, you know, clarification, to it does open up a dialogue, I think. I, I think that sometimes need not be afraid of the dialogue that, that's going to come with being different or whatever. I mean, it's just like when we were doing the uh, project inclusion uh, listening sessions, I was telling uh, uh, black people, hey, look, don't be offended if somebody asks you a question that they really want to know the answer to. 
You know, it's okay to have those conversations. You know, I'm not a big fan of somebody saying, why do y'all act like that? But I don't mind somebody asking me that because now I can give them the truth. You know, they, they, they've come in with, God, I hate that, uh, that word, their own perception of things. And sometimes you just have to provide them clarity and, again, the truth about some things. And then sometimes that light comes on. So I, I, I think it's great uh, that people are using that more now. But I will get uh, I will get some training, Priscilla, since you say I need it. I'm, I mean, I'm only an EEO manager myself. So <laughs> we can always use more training. But let me ask you, let me ask you guys something. You know, the, the society is uh, is is getting to be more accepting of uh, LGBTQIA plus more than it has been. Do you always feel welcome and, and safe in the workplace and and out of the world? Personally, I like Celeste said. You know, I'm old school. What I mean by that is, I'm an '80s kid. You know, back in the '80s, I, it wasn't so accepting, and so that's kind of ingrained. You learn that you know it's a habit. You know, it's second nature to me to always have a guard, even though I'm already open. You know, I'm I'm out and uh, to family and friends and work, and there's still in the back of my mind, you know, um, a concern to know my surroundings, who I'm I'm interacting with. You know, as I mentioned, uh, even in San Francisco, being identified as a liberal city, there's still people that, that don't accept certain communities. Unfortunately, I have had interactions where, you know, you, you're minding your own business. For me, I I feel like it's always going to be in the back of my mind. So, um, but I think, yes, we are making progress, and we still have a long way to go. So, that's what do you what do you say? I agree. Progress has definitely been made because I too am a child of the late '70s, early '80s. There is definitely improvement. Uh, high school was not a pleasant experience for me. Um, the military. I was in the military, and I couldn't be who I was, uh, but I wanted to serve our country. Yes, it is improving, but there is room for growth. And I do, um, I think one of the things that was highlighted for me was the fact that I could serve openly. All of us in the community could serve openly in the military and also to be able to get married in the United States of America. That was a, that's, that's huge. So while I didn't think I would see it in my lifetime, possibly, or if I did, it was going to be like when I was, you know, old, but it, it has progressed. Mm-hmm. The the workplace, I do say that the court does, for me personally, have a good good environment for people of the community. The What I would like to see is that younger people coming in, when they do come in and we hire and recruit people, that if they are members of whatever community, whatever religious background, that they can see that You know, we're like Google, because I always wanted to work for Google because of the inclusive environment. So, yes, there has been headway. I I feel there has. But there's definitely those little areas where you go and you do have to be aware. Um, Thankfully, I haven't had any serious issues, but I'd probably beat somebody down if I did. So it's okay. (laughs) Kidding. (laughs) Kidding. Kidding. What branch of service did you serve? What branch of service did you serve in? I am currently in the uh, Army Reserve, and I actually 
do drill out at Transatlantic Division right now. So, yes. Okay, so you just take your shovel and beat people about the head and shoulders? <laughs> well, you know, I just just try and try and you need to think right. You ain't, you're not thinking right now. Um, but there are people out there that, <laughs> that don't understand, don't agree, and that's fine. Don't be abusive. Don't be physical. Don't just don't just be try and be a decent human if you, if you don't understand or whatever, or ask questions. Okay, we got to hear from Priscilla. You know, for me, I'm like Gus. I am very uh, aware of my surroundings, no matter no matter where I go, because you can find yourself in places that you shouldn't be there, and when you get there, you know you shouldn't be there. So I am very, very, I, I do try to make sure that I'm aware of everything that's going on around me, uh, especially if I'm going down, like, to another city or something like that. Uh, I try to make sure that um, I, I understand and know who's around me. As far as do I feel protected in the workplace, well, I'm going to put it like this. I work in a federal building. And they got all sorts of people that comes up in the federal building. So, no, I, I don't feel protected in this building, but this is where I have to work. So I'm going to leave that there. Okay. So, hey, so let me, so let me ask you this. I'm, I'm kind of backtracking here a little bit, and it's probably going to be like a two-, three-part question here. We talked about it. I've always said communication is key. If you want to know the answer to something, you ask the question. We were talking about the emails and how people were putting these pronouns and stuff like that. We know that it's a big deal to, to, to some people. How would a person ask, like, if somebody's got a name like Terry or, or Billy, you know, something that, that, could, that could go either way, how can somebody ask, you know, especially when they're, they're doing correspondence or whatever, how can they ask what pronoun to use? What's the best way for a person to ask that question? Or is there a best way to ask that question? My question would be back to you. Why should you have to ask that question? We had a, you know what, Courtney, you could probably explain this better than I can because I, I know that there was somebody a couple of months ago when we did a, uh, not a listening session, uh, but I remember somebody was mentioning pronouns or, or, or something like that. Can, you know, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Uh, there have been quite a few employees in the St. Paul district at least I would say in the in the community that um, have expressed to me that pronouns help them to feel included in the agency. It's less embarrassing if somebody doesn't know how to address address them, and it just promotes that inclusion. But I think this, like a lot of other uh, topics, is really a personal choice. This uh, use of pronouns might make some members of the community feel much more included, but it might also put some on the defense a little bit, at, you know, asking like, well, why do you need to ask me that? <laughs> you don't ask anybody else what they're, you know, how they identify and what pronouns they prefer to use. So I think this is part of that ongoing dialogue where I think it's good to ask people questions if, if you don't understand um, or if you just want to know how somebody prefers to be addressed. I think after I started here, somebody asked, well, do you prefer to be addressed by Miss or Ms? And I was like, well, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. Whatever you're comfortable with, you can call me Courtney. But it's, again, I just think it's a really personal choice. 
What does everybody else think? I don't understand that. She's so mean to me. <laughs> you created that yourself. <laughs> I don't know where you get these things from. I was yeah. I was just gonna say, um, you know, honestly, if I saw the pronouns and somebody's signature block, to me, that means that even though I you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily put that on mine because that's just I'm just that way, but when I see something like that, that shows me that that person I'm corresponding with is an ally, that they get it, that they understand. And I don't even know that person, never seen them, never talked to them. Probably the first time I maybe got an email from them. And if I saw that in their signature block, I'd be like, this is a person that is a humble, true person that doesn't judge others. But that's just my perception. I think it sends the right message. I don't understand how it can send the wrong message. That's just my 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 take on it. I agree. Um, I think just asking someone, that, that's basic respect. I mean, you want to acknowledge them correctly. You know, you don't want to, like, versus Miss or Mrs. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't want to, you know, uh, disrespect somebody in that way. So I think just basically asking someone, you know, what would you prefer um, is, is enough. Let me ask you, you all, um, a question. Uh, uh, the word ally was mentioned, which I think is a really important word. Does somebody want to explain what it means to be an ally and actions that you can take to be an ally to the LGBTQIA plus community? Priscilla, is it okay if I answer it? Sure. I'm asking, an ally is someone who confronts all that 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 prejudice type stuff. I'm just gonna. I'm not Thank gonna you. give the. I'm not gonna give the the whole definition. But uh, when a person sees something wrong, we always say, "See something, say something." And it's not when. Uh, somebody, there's security, you know, deficiency or something like that. But when you see something wrong, you need to say something. And I think uh, what allies do is they place themselves in that other person's shoes, you know, and they start thinking, man, you know, would I want somebody to treat me that way? You know, so, uh, and and I'm, I'm saying that, in, in the broad sense, because you can be an ally, not for just the LGBTQI plus community, but for those people of color, be an ally for, for women, you know, be an ally for just people in general. You know, we need to be allies for each other. I think the biggest thing is when, you, when, when, when the community sees somebody that's like them, that works in the same building that they work, with, they feel like that person is an ally because that person knows what's going on with them. They can see what's going on with them. Uh, for me, I have made myself available to anybody in the federal building that, that needs somebody to just talk to. Uh, and I think we should all do that, make ourselves available, because you have some young people they don't know which way they, they want to go. Mama, mom don't understand. Dad don't understand. Nobody understands. But when you have an ally that is that that is putting your best interests up front, 
that is that right there can just help you through the the rough patches in your life when you know you got somebody in your corner and and you don't have to worry about how you act or how you come off to them because they are accepting you as you are. Hey, Priscilla, this is Celeste. Has anybody come to you and reached out to you at all? Yes, ma'am. I've had, uh, over the last three months, I've had some parents of a lesbian young, young lady reached out to me. Uh, and, and the young lady only found out that I was gay because of the sensing sessions. And when I put it out there, she immediately reached out to me and said, hey, can I talk to you uh, about my daughter because I'm having some issues because I just don't understand. And so we have communicated uh, on a number of occasions. I've had young men to walk up to me and say, hey, can I, can I just talk to you because this is how I'm feeling. And so I, I make it available for them, and I, and I leave my door open to let them know, hey, if you need to talk to me, just let me know. And so, yes. Uh, I have had people that, that have spoken to me offline. And it was a result. I had the same thing, actually, as a result of a, one of our sensing sessions. Um, I had a couple people reach out. You know, maybe this is a good thing to implement, having an ally, an LGBTQI ally at each district, so that way if people are comfortable with being an ally or saying, I'm here to support you, maybe there will be younger people that we can help out or even that family member who's got a member of the community, that a daughter or a son that, that they just don't know, they don't understand. So I think it's great. I think that's great that you, you do that. You know, we all, we all know that the culture of an organization begins at the top. I, I as a person of the community, always feel uh, more included in my organization with, when the leadership leads the way. And I, I kind of wish that leadership in the Corps would, would move in that direction. Um, I know Brigadier General Colleton uh, was very much step with that. And once she was clear about her direction within the division, you could sense it. You know, when, and so, you know, allies came out and, and people identified themselves as allies. Um, so I think that leadership is, is uh, a key aspect to that. We, we now have a new leadership, and you can kind of see that you can feel the difference. And so it's, it's just up to each um, leadership to, to express, you know, where they stand as far as our community. Thank you, Gus and Priscilla and Celeste, uh, for joining us today. I am grateful that you all agreed to come and have this uh, discussion. I just have one really important question to ask everyone. For our staff out there, if anyone is curious or wants to learn more about the LGBTQIA plus community, when is it appropriate to ask questions and uh, where can they go for resources to learn more? Well, me and Celeste are old school, so we, we learn by trial. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the big things, so where I'm at, there's organizations that are out there that people can reach out to, like if you, if a family member, PFLAG, has like a, a mother or a father has a child that they found out is, is coming out, um, PFLAG is one, uh, an organization. There's a lot of them online. Some of the places where the districts are, it might not be as prevalent, but there's definitely places that you can call and there's resources out there for people. I just never really had 
an opportunity, honestly, to use them, like Priscilla said, because it was just shunned. You just didn't talk about it. You, you know, living and being in the closet was a very, very stressful thing. So the fact that there's resources out here for these young people is absolutely wonderful because there's a lot of homelessness due to kids being kicked out of their homes because their family members don't understand. Mm -hmm. Gus, do you have any big websites or yeah, anything like so, that that you could recommend? Well, yeah, so I agree with you and Priscilla. Um, you know, I'm old school too. I, I didn't, I didn't know where to go when I was, a, you know, a young buck. I mean, now there's so many resources. Uh, one of the uh, ones that comes to mind is the Trevor Project. That always comes up when there's resources uh, being handed out. Trevor Project provides a lot of resources for uh, the LGBTQIA plus community. I mean, there's the land the legal for legal services. There's uh, the ACLU, you know, they provide a lot of services for um, our community. Uh, the Human Rights Campaign, you can go there. Um, you mentioned PFLAG, um, that one's a good one. There's so many, and, and I'm glad because when I was growing up, there was maybe like five, maybe less than that, right? And so now there's there's tons. Um, I would recommend the Trevor Project to start off with. Don't sleep on uh, the the SISM. So uh, <laughs> EAP is always a, a good place to go. By any means, if 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 people don't know right off, they can always go to EAP. Uh, that's a good resource uh, for everybody as well. Thank you, Danelle, for the shout out to EAP and the SISM. I echo those sentiments. They are great resources internally for employees of our organization. Thank you, Gustavo, Celeste, and Priscilla for joining us today for this edition of Inside the Castle. You we so appreciate welcome. you. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. All righty, thank Don't you. All right, we appreciate <laughs> you and your insights. And to our listeners, we wanna hear from you, what topics are important to you and people you are interested in hearing from. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. Thanks for joining us for this Inside the Castle podcast. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together.